Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Noam from Vancouver out of Beyond Pilates. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? I'm really good. Lovely to talk to you, Emily. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for asking. So, you know, we're really, really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of everything you have going on and how you run Beyond Pilates, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Well, let's just start with how I wanted, you know, why I did start this, this business is that it came, it came as an evolution for me. Like I was a dancer, professional dancer, and as a job, I needed to have a second job, something that inspired me, but also nourished my, my career. And so I started to study Pilates, started to practice Pilates, and over time did personal training as well, but realized that what was really helping me as a dancer and also through touring that I could bring with me was um, Pilates. So over time, I built a studio and gathered students and then realized that I wanted to get to the next level. And then um, from one piece of equipment became like seven pieces of equipment, then full studio, and then went from like 200 square feet to 1,000 square feet to 2,500 square feet, and then went down to (laughs) almost like you know 200 square feet and now here I am in my new location um Mm -hmm. under 900 square feet okay that's pretty cool so so lots of uh change and moving around over the past few years oh yeah 30 years that's a long time that's I'm telling my age just like almost as old as I am (laughs) great yeah so I mean tell us a little bit about your personal you touched on this a little bit like how did you get into fitness in the first place um always been active, always loved, you know, as a kid, I did gymnastic, you know, like did running and, you know, did the regular sport like swimming, but always more individual sports. And then fell into, you know, went into arts, but then fell into dance, realized that I was, my family comes in a family of artists. And so my art, my art, my visual art form was always extremely physical, like more performance based, and then decided to just go and burn some steam just for a few years. So I thought, and then basically um, went into dance and then from there went into international dance career. And then just, um, I realized that in order to sustain that aspect of myself, I needed to feed it correctly. So Personal training was great because I did, you know, I trained in that, I was doing it, but it just felt like I needed something that was more global for the body, something that actually in Pilates felt, you know, like it was part of my first, in my first um, in, um, professional job, that was the first thing we had to do. Three times a week, we had to take Pilates. So yeah. it, it just kind of came to me. And and from then on, was just realizing that, um, the passion grew because it just made me feel amazing with all the other things from weight training to you know, swimming and you know like the athleticism that comes with having to train as you know professional dancer and all that um Pilates stayed with me that is a really really beautiful story oh, so, thank you yeah let's kind of let's get into things so <clears throat> let's say that I were to move to Vancouver like next month and I'm interested in Pilates right how would I know that you guys 
are out there? Well, I'm using, you know, different platforms like, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, Yelp, you know, the, the, the regular one, you know, like the, um, I did, I used to do a lot of advertising. You realize that we're such a niche, you know, like there's a lot of Pilates out there that you can get at your gym, you know, like, the, you know, where you can get 60 people like teaching you, like um, being taught by a, a teacher that um, teaches a gym, which is fine. But I teach classical Pilates, which is a little bit like a different, it's more like a, it's more like I would say a niche. So um, ultimately what, how you'd find me is that you've heard from me and I, I feel like the platform, like I, the Instagram really um, helps you to have a, 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 a face on the platform. And at the end of the day, I'm sure we're gonna touch into that today, um, community, you know, you build over time by meeting people of mine, like create a community. And I feel like, my clientele now is really much more at the beginning it started with my friends going like come on you got to do this come to my studio and i'm going to do it for free you know like inspire them and now it's much more like people here going like if you go to vancouver you have to go see noam if you go there you know the same thing if i go to a different country or if i go to where you live i would go like is there someone that you recommend that i go there so it's really from basically recommendation of friends you know um, mind-like teachers and uh, word of mouth. Okay, so talk a little bit about Instagram, Facebook, Yelp, and then also referrals. Um, yes. I mean, with that said, would you say that 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 those using those four sources of lead generation are leading to like consistent people or opportunities, like people showing interest? completely I mean I completely and I mean at the beginning of my career I like you know when I had my 2500 square feet business you know like with you know like from it was a wellness center that I created well I created that I you know like I, I built and um and um I spend so much money on advertising in newspaper and you're competing against you know like so many different things you have to go bigger why you know wider more bold and more expensive and i realized that when i look at my track record it was really much more like it had to be based in the neighborhood <laughs> you know people around you know like trying to create like within your community first because people like from across the street had to know you were there and and it was trying to create like in front of the door you know you put balloons you put like you know sales you put like a huge banners things mm -hmm. that act attracted people and so I think the new platform for me, plus it's it's available to everyone. I don't know it, but sometimes I feel like completely stuck on my, you know, like you get your like and these things come back into your feed. And my biggest one, I would say for me right now is like um, Instagram for sure. Okay. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about the type of content you're sharing because when I'm scrolling on Instagram, unless something catches my attention, because we have, as humans, have short attention spans, unless somebody somebody catches my attention, I just continue to scroll. Right, so, right. you know, what are you doing on, you know, social media to capture somebody's attention attention for a significant amount of time? Well, what I'm realizing that image used to be the thing you had you had to have the image, the power of like you know catching the eyes with something. And I realize it's really about movement certainly, and I'm realizing more and more and more and more. The image can be extremely enticing, but 
But what I'm realizing, if you can actually post a short video about what you're doing and showing, you know, like the the greatness of it, and it, you know, like realizing that it is not about being perfect. It's really about putting the work and really seeing for me, like seeing people, we just did a photo shoot right now. Interesting, I'm saying photos, but, and I'm talking about bit, you know, short videos, but what was interesting to say to photographers, like I want people to see people working, <laughs> not people looking pretty, looking hot, you know, going like, hey, they have the right, but really seeing them like, you know, like the reality of what it is, the daily grind, you know, of going like, I'm putting the effort and putting the work. And I find for me being able to create in my IG, create images that makes you feel you can relate is, um, yeah. is, is, is for me essential. And these days I have to say, I'm not posting as much because I'm <laughs> too busy. <laughs> Too many busy. things going on at the same time, which is um, I'm gonna hopefully um being able to get back on it. But I I try regularly to post more like in the you know the daily, but not the posting posting. But it's one of the things I still use a lot. Okay, okay. So what services do you offer your clients? Um, mainly privates and okay. semi-privates, which would be a private of semi-private of two, mm -hmm. three. Or when you start getting into four, we call it an open gym. Open gym is kind of the old school, the way Joe Pilates used to do its workouts. So you come in, you have a workout, and you have a uh, um, you have a teacher that basically helps you to find the the missing link or trying to get you to get a little bit deeper into the work that needs and is available to your body. You know. Um, at the moment because it's great to have a greater goal but how you get to the greater goal you just have to be able to target the things that are possible and body takes time you just have to give it time and you know like the the right cueing the cueing that also makes you feel that you get it instead of constantly being told no don't do that do this no don't do that do this instead of realizing that no it's just um there's only a few things that the brain can capture, you know, within the time frame that you have and depending on the time of the day and also depending on the age, mm -hmm. you know, that you, you're dealing with. And so being able to create the right cue when in those group classes, which are getting more and more and more popular, and I'm saying more and more popular because we're used to be going, to, when people are doing Pilates, you get told what to do. Everyone goes, Press your arms down, everyone breathes in, every, and you realize like never one is ready to do this. And plus, you you maybe get good at being told what to do, but not really good at listening to what you're doing. And what we're really trying to do here at the studio in these group classes is to help people pay attention with and the biggest, the biggest, the best teacher in the room is the equipment. You know, like it's your relation to the spring, your relationship to the platform, the relationship to the straps, your relationship to the sound of the springs. So all those things we train and it's a different approach because most people want to be told what to do because they fear that everything they're doing is wrong. And I go, no, you did something right. You're here. Yeah. Now let's pay attention to figure out how can we empower you to trust your body? And so that's literally, I'm talking, you know, I, basically gave you you know we do private semi-private two or three or three or two three or four and then we have the open gym but the concept with i within it is really that trying to create moments of awareness those ha ha moment you go oh god i get it 
when I do this, wow, I really feel my center. I really feel strong. Wow, the springs are strong. Wow, I really feel I'm going to get better at this. If I'm going to go ski right now, all those things that are happening. And so I feel like my biggest, my biggest partner in this room is my equipment. So I, um, that's what we offer. And of course, I teach a Franklin method. I was telling you a little bit earlier before yeah. we started this interview. And um, Franklin method for me is been an incredible tool because as a teacher, what you learn, you learn about the physiognomy, you learn about the design of the body, example, the pelvis, and then the function. But then what we learn to do in the Franklin method is to embody those functions. And often you go into a course and you learn anatomy, you write it down, you know where it is, but you can't feel how it moves. You know, like, you know, like you have to, and even like physios and all this, they have all that information. When they come here, they go, well, I've never embodied the ligaments of the spine. I've never embodied, you know, the erector spiny, the three major, you know, like groups of them where you can feel the illocostalis, the longissimus, and you know, the spinalis and all those things to go, wow, they work as one, but you can actually feel them sliding and gliding and interacting with one another. So I feel yeah. that system has really helped me to help people to feel and sense within their bodies, you know, like what is happening or the potential of what is happening instead of saying, oh, well, you'll be ready later. Mm -hmm. go, no, can you feel this? Well, yeah. this is actually <laughs> happening. You would just need to give it time a little bit more. Just yeah. chill out, breathe and move more. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this. What the services yeah. so you have semi-private and how big are the group classes that you offer? The open gym? Um, basically, I would say the open gym because of our space. Maybe we could have possibly seven people at a time, but most of the time it's within five people. Within five. Okay. And then you also yeah. offer the Franklin method. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as we know, like when people are happy, they stick around and they stick around for the long term. So mm -hmm. with all of the options that you have now, would you say that that's leading to happy clients? Oh, completely. Because I was looking at, you know, like, I've been listening to other podcasts and I was going like, what is my retention? It feels it. But I kept thinking like, wow, my retention, the retention of the studio is 97%. I was like, that's pretty good. You know, like, and because for me running a business compared to how it used to be, now I'm realizing there's an instinct, you know, and like at the beginning, I felt like it was all mental and trying to go, oh my God, it's going down. The numbers, people are not coming. It's summertime. What can you do? And I realized that over time, there's an element where you're stressed, you're not stressing the small stuff, the things that are consistent, that keeps cyclical, that keeps coming back and realizing that there's an element of instinct. And now I go reading the number made me happy because I'm like, yeah, I knew this. I, you can feel it every time they leave, every time they come back. And also the interaction between those people in between classes, they go, hey, how was your workout? And you feel you're really stimulating within them a sense of community where they don't feel like they go and do their workout. They don't know anyone. And so now when we have the extracurriculum activity that we do for the studio at the Polaris Collective, we... Um, we have, and we do, an, you know, like a, a celebration, come and celebrate with us, you know, like, you know, Christmas or, you know, like Easter, you know, like people just come and gather and they just feel that they know each other. And then, yeah. of course, they talk to, they start, they start talking about what they're learning and all that. And it's really, it's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Just love it. Okay. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the future and 
also some challenges because I think it's mm. so important just to learn from, you know, successes and failures. So what are some challenges that currently you guys are working to overcome? The biggest one for me is because classical Pilates is very specific to itself. And I really want to honor my, my, my teachers. One of my teachers studied with Joe Pilates, still alive. So I really don't want to change the system. I want to find a way to figure out a way to change me through the system. So just within that, for me, that is a huge key to, um, to honor, which means to answer your question is that a lot of the Pilates out there are led and people and don't get me wrong i led classes and i could lead seven you know seven or ten people at the same time and it was like pretty much like a private for every individual one and i could really master the, the skill to be able to give them individually what they needed within a group where everyone's doing the same thing but i realized that the biggest hurdle is that people get used to do that and then when i closed my big business and when they came back you know, they were like, I'm like, let's do your 100, which is the first exercise of the system. And then they're going like, oh, can you tell me again, how am I supposed to do it? And I'm like, how many years have you been doing Pilates? How much money have you spent, you know, doing Pilates? You should know your basic. You should trust your basic. So what we're dealing with, for me, the biggest hurdle is that when people call, say, do you do lead class? I say, no, we do, we do not. You have to do a certain amount of privates. And after that, you have a program. And then we allow you to guide you through your own process. You know, I get the people that clicks. No, sorry. I want to be told what to do because I don't want to think. And, you know, and I go, well, that you want it or not, you're thinking. You may be thinking about just all the wrong thing about your body. My body is sore. My body is this. And let's just change that. And I truly believe that one of the hurdles that right now we're struggling is to get people interested in being find the autonomy and trusting what they they can do and enjoy where they're at and not you know having finding them finding a way to help them to match the reality of where they want to go and where they're at and be okay with that because there's a lot that can be done and a lot that can be um, achieve within just a sense of being like, oh, wow, I can really feel this. And this can change how I feel about my lower back because it's supported, it's connected, and it feels like it's not held, but it has potential for movement. So I feel my, you know, like I'm struggling with also, you know, like there's a lot of Pilates courses we offer here, teacher training, and the teacher training program is like, it's an 18-month program, which is long, you know, like it's, close to it's 950 hours of practicum and lecture series and then you're dealing with people that have done a weekend course i'm not saying that it's bad pilates is pilates is pilates you know like except that the information you get within 21 hours and then when you start teaching it doesn't create the same impact in the long term and so i feel you know like trying to get people realizing as i was saying the importance of um, ownership of your body, you know, and also taking the risk because at the beginning, I feel there's so much variability that happens in the reality of movement of where we're at and people, and I do too, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, them versus me. We all want the answer of like, please tell me how to do this. Tell me how to fix this. Tell me how to get better. And you realize that it's much more like 
trying to create a process-oriented goal instead of create a goal-oriented process. I don't know if you hear the difference, but I feel that's, and that is, um, is not easy because we don't live, we live in a society for me that feels like people are, they want, you know, like we have a service for everything. You know, like if, if this, you go, and they need to be there. But at the end of the day, we spend more time with ourselves doing, you know, like the way we sit, the way we stand, the way we sleep, the way we walk, the way we work, you know, like, and all those habits, you need to start paying attention, not just one hour a week or three hours a week. And this is what I think one of the mandates, you know, like subtly, because I don't do that with, you know, I don't, but this is the background. This is my subtext within it. You know, when they come into the door, trying to get them interested in what is my subtext? What's going on? Where do I pay attention? How can I change to pay attention? And that's really not what is out there. There's a lot of answers and I have tons of answers, but I'd rather figure out a way for people to go, what can they pay attention? Why are they interested in? And let's find, let's help you find that answer. Even if I have it, doesn't matter. Don't live in your body. Understood. Okay. So in summary, it kind of sounds like you're looking for more people that are a little bit more open-minded and people that want to learn how to sustain and become more independent, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it's good. You're good, Emily. Yeah, I like that. It's true. It's true. Yeah, for sure. I want people to feel confident in their own body and their own process. I want them to be interested in the thick and thin, you know, and sometimes it's not always rosy, rosy. Sometimes you just have to realize that it's hard and it takes time, but it's fun because you get to discover, you know, yeah. like the, the you. And that's cool. I'm yeah. good with that. I mean, you, um, I think that your audience is definitely out there. Like the people you're looking for, oh, they're out there. They, they, like there you is. just have to, you got to figure out like, how do I reach these people? Because, you know, there are people looking for, you know, the services that you offer right now. So, I mean, like, with that being said, if you, if I give you a magic wand right now, six oh. months, <laughs> six months from now, what would you want your gym to look like on the business side of things? Like, how many more members would you want to have? What do you, how do you want your role to change? Well, magic wand would be, first of all, everyone in the studio is as busy as I am. You know, that um, the clientele has, has um, evolved to a place where everyone is confident in their own practice and their own workouts, you know, mm -hmm. and that they, 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 They've learned it. They've learned their workout. They know their routine. You know, it's never going to be perfect. So for me, it would be like, I don't have to tell you, what is the stomach massage again? You've just done it for the last four years. <laughs> Come on, stomach massage. You just sit, you put your legs there, you extend your legs. And so for me, that would be like the autonomy, the basic autonomy, like you know where to put your car key. You know, you get into your car, you press, it's simple. But when it comes to the body, for some reason, we go, I don't know. I'm like, yes, you do. So that would be for me, yes, you have an, a strong element um, of trust within yourself. And the second thing would be, um, like right now, we're doing, I'm doing more international workshops, you know, like more workshops on a daily basis to get people like the, either the teachers or either the Pilates enthusiasts, 
you know, even the Franklin enthusiasts, you know, to, to really come and learn and share together our learning experiences. And we're doing this more and more and more at the studio, but to really being able to create a platform that is local and then that the place is a destination from, you know, like across Canada, which would be from local to national to also international, you know, to be able to create either from the platform like, um, you know, being able to do Zoom. I teach, we have a training, teacher training program with Franklin, which is international, it's all Zoom class. You know, like it's a teacher training and you have people like 80 people from all around the world in middle of the night taking the car, you know, to be able to, to be at that level in within the studio, being able to offer these kind of things to um, a wider, if the magic wand were there, the world would be just like the way you are right now. And Charlotte? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like exactly like this, where we're having those communication where you could be anywhere in the world. And those people are like part of the family. Yeah. All righty. Well, very, very well said, my friend. So this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, you can find um, the Polaris Collective for sure. You could go at um, info at the Polaris Collective.ca. You could find my business at um, um, www.beyondpolaris.ca. Or you can find also um, me on Instagram with Noam Gagnon. And you can also find me on beyondpolaris.ca. You can also find me. <laughs> Thank God, uh, spread out. And also the polariscollective.ca. And within this, you'll be able to find all the other teachers also that are here. The one thing also, we have a teacher training program here. So if anyone is interested out there, we have a bridge program. You have a classical, you know, the full, you know, like um, complete, you know, like program. We have also an advanced program and a weekly and monthly workshops. So hopefully people can actually like are curious and come and try us. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody, and Emily, the one thing we didn't say is that I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Yes. No, yeah, I'm from Vancouver. Canada. Yeah. British Columbia, Canada. Alrighty. So thank you guys for tuning out, tuning in with us today. Um, also, don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us today, our guest is Mr. Gaz Sidney of Forward Fitness Northeast, coming to you from Blythe over in the United Kingdom. Gaz, what's going on, man? How are you? 
I'm really good. It's good to be on. It's my first podcast, Joe. So I'm excited and looking first forward to podcast foray. I'm excited to get into this uh, first podcast, but certainly not new to the industry. And so plenty for us to to pick your brain on and, and see what your experience has been. Gaz and I got the chance to to get an idea of what's going on in his business before starting the recording. But for the people who aren't familiar with Forward Fitness, Gaz, give us a little bit of context here. When you describe this gym and this business, what is it really about? I think the main, the best way to describe it would be community, fun fitness. So although we're very much, we do work very, very hard uh, the community side of things is what makes it. They're, they're, they're a good bunch. We've obviously been in, a, I guess, a relationship now since 2014 with some of them. We've known them for eight, eight plus years. So right. the, community, the community aspect, um, as well as obviously hard work, but also understanding that you have to have a life as well as training and just sort of uh, creating a good, fun atmosphere where, yes, we'll work hard, but... It, it is it is more about uh, you know having fun and socializing and escaping from whatever's going out going on in the in your own personal life outside sure and, and so i'm sure that there are plenty of gym owners that listen to this that know exactly what it is that you're talking about fitness is it's a unique industry and in that of course this is a business at the end of the day we have bills to pay and we're looking to make a living but there are there are bigger intentions than that as well. It's, it's sort of this human to human connection that, that also pays dividends. And it sounds like that's a focus for you guys. Now you mentioned 2014 being the, the origination of this, but take us back even further than that, Gaz. I'm interested in hearing about how this whole thing came to be. Tell me not about the day that the doors opened. Tell me about the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own gym. What was going on for you, and, and how did we get here today? Um, I would imagine a similar route to most people. You start working for in your in your local gym. Obviously, I worked for a I worked for a personal training company to start with. That was great, actually. I got I learned loads because how it worked, right? Joe was um so this personal training company had the clients, and I was just part time there and. I would get the clients' programs, their address. I'd get given a van and equipment, and I'd drive around people's houses training them in the house, which was amazing. So I was so young at the time, and it was such a good experience. And then from there, I went to work in my local gym, and I started doing like cardiac rehab, GP referrals, gym work, uh, teaching classes. Um, and outside of that, I started running my own boot camp. Um, and then you, you start building a rapport with this group of people where it becomes a point where you've got to think, do I, do I want to stay in the, in the gym or do I want to, you know, take a jump and take a risk and open my own unit and own studio. I met my business partner at the gym that we're working at um, with similar ideas, similar mindset, similar drive, mm -hmm. similar, deter similar determination, decided to give it a go well, we actually started off by renting a few places first, like bouncing around places week by week, and the numbers okay. that were coming in, we just we just had that feeling that the amount of people we've got coming in now, we need it. We need to open up our own place and maybe like leave our job behind in the gym and just try this out. You know, you've you've got to, I think 
especially when you're nervous and scared about something, I think that's the best time to do it. They're the best. That's a good be. indicator. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, and I really was, because at the council, like everything's so safe. So like you know, you've got your pension, you've got your your hours, which aren't really going anywhere. They put you through so many courses, like they do. They, they put me through all my courses, so I was very grateful. It was I learned loads. I'm dealing with different types of people every day, all the time. Um, so that puts you in good stead. But then it's a case of what do I want to do long term? Would I regret it if I don't? So we've we've got the unit in 2014, and we're still in the same unit now uh, with it, with the similar sort of core people. And then obviously you get the sort of what I call gym floaters who bounce around from gym to gym. Sure. Yeah. And so eight years later, we're still here. We picked mm-hmm. a good right. commercial space. So that's a, a big aspect of this. We found a location that suited what we wanted to do. How has the business evolved over the years? Oh, so, I mean, when we first started, Joe, we'd literally, obviously, you, you, you don't have the money to buy everything you want. So you've just got to start. So I, I was, because I had been doing boot camps, I literally had some battle ropes and kettlebells, maybe one barbell, a handful of medicine balls. And in, 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 we used to teach like boxer size and things. So we had some, we had some boxing gloves and we just didn't have a lot. So the class timetable was a little bit more limited. A lot of it was body weight when we first started. And then every month we'd buy a little bit more and just, because you've you've got to stay you've you've got to stay up, up with the with the fitness things change a lot and you know a high intensity work every day isn't good for longevity so we then had to like every month yeah. just buy buy more equipment to make sure we're doing the right amount of wrist resistance training to support the joints and then so just every month and every year we'll just add and add and add and then the next thing we know we've got um barbells olympic bars where before we're just using like the sort of little body pump bars and then we bought bumper plates and then from there we got we didn't want to keep doing lots of high impact so we bought air bikes and ski ergs and rowers and every month we just every month we just literally put money away until we could we had enough equipment to really get more members in um up to where we are now where i think we've got all bases covered yeah and so the foundation is laid and now we really can grow from there is that right yeah, that's it. I mean, like everything, you start with very little, and then you just work hard and just and just build it up. And then now we've got good foundations, but you don't stop there. Like already, we're looking at how we can improve on the equipment. Now it's obviously it gets dated. Like the machine needs updated. We bought we bought um some couple of more ski eggs, um not long ago air bikes. So now it's a case of looking at next year. What do we need now to keep up to date with the new equipment to make sure it, it's it's nonstop really. It's funny because I talk to people outside of the industry who think about opening a gym and all they see is if I could get 200 members at, at $150 a piece, I'm going to make loads of money month mm, over yeah. month. I'm going to be so yeah. rich, but they don't yeah. factor that in, right? There's constant costs. Running a gym yeah. is not cheap. Yeah. Everything takes wear and tear and, and we need to replace these things along the way. You mentioned oh, yeah. uh, a big goal of this being to increase the membership and, and grow from where you guys are. In the eight years you've been doing this so far, Gaz, what's been working for you from a marketing standpoint just to, to get, garner some attention? How have you guys generated the leads that you've had? So like everyone, when you first start, we used to do, um, obviously, 2014, 
social media was it was it was about but it wasn't sort of it wasn't popping off the way it is now like it's so it's so big now um everyone's everyone's got social media whereas in 2014 it was still there but probably not as big so we used social media of course we've had with facebook page since 2014 um so that that massively helps because people want to visually see what's going on within the studio they want to see client transformations they want to that's how you that's how you you, you get your, your business up and going and especially because it's free um so social media we used to do flyer drops um, and then as time went on, sort of probably more now, uh, we're, we're both starting to become more aware of we need to up our marketing game, branding game, um, advertising game. So last year I got, I got a, a coach to help with this side of things because uh, probably wasn't what I was sort of, maybe one of my weaknesses was the branding, the marketing so yeah. now it's i don't now think I'm, you're alone there i think that's yeah, sort no, of standard no, no. for our industry yeah. you know yeah i mean how am i meant to know about that really so i think now it's a case of right well I'm, i've been looking more at like um what are client barriers how can we hit pain points lead magnets uh, um create an email list creating a facebook page client retention so these are the things i've been looking at more this year in prep for next year which will help with getting more members in and then client retention so yeah, I've been trying to work on the weaknesses. And I think when I first started, I was always a bit, like, not ashamed, but I felt stupid saying that, I, like, a coach has got a coach. But I think it's so important for anyone out there to have someone helping you because you don't know everything. But when you first start, I think you do, and you're kind of frightened to ask for help because it, it kind of, you come across that, maybe you, you don't know things, but it's fine not to know things. But I, I never... It's an ego like thing in our industry, yeah, right? It's stupid, man. I was like that, though. I didn't like to ask for help. And... You can't grow a business without help. So there was the best thing I did getting a coach because he's helped me with so many apps and email lists and client retention and this this now I have to put it into practice now. Um so yeah, it's been yeah. a massive help. I think one thing that you said along the way and it it didn't quite get the attention that it deserved but you said like how am i supposed to know about this? Like that would be crazy to expect you to yeah. be an expert in these things without taking the time to learn it either from somebody on your own, whatever it looks like. And so now that's become more of a focus for you guys. Does that take the form of like an advertising budget and putting money into this on social media or has this still been organic for you? Yeah, well, the, obviously you have to, I invested in a coach. So outside, outside of that, outside of those outgoings, um, everything else that the tools he's give us, the outgoings haven't been too bad. Um, and it, it, maybe it's, it's, it's just like, it's more simple things that you just don't think of. Like obviously putting videos on social media is great and that's going to help, but you, you, need to, you need to dig a bit deeper and find out the barriers that why people aren't going to the gym or why they aren't getting results. What are the barriers and how can you, what methods and strategies can you put in place to help people? And then, putting that on social media rather than just writing on social media come to a class it's five pound a class like you mm -hmm. I do need to dig a little bit deeper for people to to grab people's attention um so even like you know like with the whole clip bit in this time the headings that's going to grab someone's attention the short clips whether it be five seconds or ten seconds rather than two minutes of chatting and just all these yeah. things that like I'm just trying to learn along the way to grab people's attention, which is a lot. Get more numbers in. <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's, a, it's, another, it's, it's another job. It's simple it's as that. It's another full -time job. job. 
Couldn't yeah. have said it better. Yeah, of course it is. Yep. And so, uh, like we said, you're not alone in that. Every gym owner that I talk to, 99% of the gym owners that I talk to, marketing is is a struggle. And I think, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like growing up, you were a fan of sport. You were a fan of working out. Eventually, even when you got into training and opened up your own gym, you did it because you loved training. Yeah. Not because we loved sitting on Facebook, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody opens exactly. up a gym because they love managing Facebook, but it becomes at a certain point in time, a, a necessary component if we do want to, to further our business. And so we're getting, we're getting interest and we're getting leads from a number of different places. Gaz, tell me a little bit about the, the sales process. When someone is interested in coming to the gym, what happens? How do they reach out to you? Who do they talk to? What's that conversation about? And what do they actually sign up for at the end of this? So the, with, with me and my business partner, Sandy, there's just us two that deal with that side of things. Um, nine times out of 10, it would be via social media. We'll, we'll reach out just on a um, direct message. We'll get the odd email. And I, actually, I do, I do get the odd phone call as well. But nine times out of 10, it's social media asking just for more information about the gym, so what we provide. So then obviously we'll, we'll let them know that we'll provide everything. We do, we do resistance training, we do high intensity, we do low intensity, we do no impact sessions, we do fitness classes, which might be perceived as a bit more generic, but if you're looking for something more specific, we've got a gym next door where we can have a program. Um, I'm a certified nutritionist, so we'll cover the nutrition side of things. And then at, lately, well, Probably lockdown. It, I was. I had a chat with Sandy, my business partner, and the one thing I felt was missing was the was the recovery side of things. So I went and did my yoga qualification. So now I've created a yoga app that all members get as well. So for your money now, you're getting fitness classes if you want that sort of like generic class environment, or if you want a specific program, we'll cover that. If you want high intensity or no impact, we'll cover everything. And now with the membership, you also get the yoga app for your recovery side of things. So everyone should now have a good balance between training and recovery. So we'll mm-hmm. talk, we'll kind of like send them a message or maybe give them the, the person who um, shows interest about everything we we'll offer. Then we'll get them down. They have to have a gym induction. You have to obviously your health questionnaires, your park queue, show them around. And then we'll always recommend them to sign up as like a pay-as-you-go customer first, just to see if it's something they're going to, for long term so we'll always say test it first try a few different sessions give them an idea of what every session entails and then from there we'll say right these are our packages to sign up and then idea the ideal scenario is that they become part of the team as a direct debit member yep and so a lot of options is what i gather from this there are all kinds of different services once they're in but the goal being get them to the facility have that conversation, recommend that they test drive this before actually signing up. And then the conversation about a longer term membership. Is that correct? Yeah, of course. And also not everybody wants to sign up to direct debits. People like the flexibility of being able to pay as you go. So we do offer pay as you go. We'll have a few clients that work away. So they're only like one month on, one month off. So they're not going to sign up for any any membership. So that's cool. They can do pay as you go. Some people might only be able to to be able to get two sessions a week. People have busy lives, so it's better for them to to do pay as you go. So we'll just make sure that we offer for everybody. Um, 
And then obviously ideal scenario for us is that they do sign up to a to a membership. But again, you're not tied in with the membership. Some gyms say you've got to be for a year or two years. You're not tied in. So just trying to just trying to cater for everybody and making sure that when they're in there, everything we teach is safe, we drill technique, it's evidence-based, the nutrition side of things, but it's fun as well. That that's the main thing. Yeah. Is there a number in your head of like if we can get to this many members will be pretty good. Is there a, is there a goal for you guys that you're shooting for? Every month, every, all the time there's a goal, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You have to have a, a goal in mind each month. Now it differs because of the seasons and that the seasons believe like you, you will know they do play a part in gyms. So obviously sure. this time of year, people are very busy with nights out and planning for Christmas um, money, money problems, whatever. It's, it's not an easy time of year, so we've, we've got to appreciate that. So our our sort of goals might be a bit a, a bit less for this month, but then towards the summer time we'll have goals. All the time you've got it, we'll just keep setting goals, and then the 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 goal for me and Sandy now is to to improve our marketing and advertising and business side of things to help us reach that goal. It's no good sure. just keep keep putting videos on say come and sign up. We need a strategy. We need, we need to figure out a way, a lead magnet to get people in. Absolutely. And so I think that's, that's somewhat the challenge for most facilities in our industry, but big picture this thing with me, Gaz, for a minute. We've been doing this for, for eight or so years. You're talking with your partner, Sandy, about revamping the marketing to grow, to hit our goals a little bit quicker. What, what's the, the ultimate vision for this business. For example, we fill out all of our classes. We've got all of these people signing up. What comes after that for you guys? Have that, has that conversation taken place? I mean, I would say for, for, our, like for our members, obviously just making sure they're happy with everything, making sure they've got the right balance, they're having fun in, in, in terms of longevity, they're happy with everything that's going on at Ford Fitness. In terms of me and mine and Sandy's goals, we'll continue to set target, like small-term targets each month to how many members we want, long-term targets, maybe finding the right balance between work and outside life. We've been doing this for eight years and um, maybe just finding that right balance of, when you work like because a lot of the time with fitness and you've got your own business it's hard to switch off so you know you, I think long term finding the right balance of life and work um, for sure and ha- of course hitting the targets for the members to make sure that we'll have a successful business if the opportunity ever came up for a, a maybe improved studio would grab the would, would grab that as well but yeah I think goals for us is just keep running things the way they are, keep hitting with targets in terms of members and for sure finding that right balance of work in, in life. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there, Gaz. I think gym owners, they are definitely willing to work hard, but sometimes it's about matching work hard with work smart. And yeah. those two can be a really, really good combination. How do we figure that out? Yeah, which is what I'm trying to do now, but I think that's where I've failed probably for the most part of uh, Ford Fitness. <laughs> you uh, and everyone else in our industry, at least. Gaz, this is, uh, we're running a bit shy on time, but I want to save a little bit of time on the back end here for you to tell our listeners where they could learn more about Forward Fitness. What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people find out about what you guys do? All right, I've got a few plugs here. Um, so the, our our 
um, Forward Fitness on Facebook, on Instagram, it's fitness underscore Forward Fitness. Check us out and that'll show you all the things we do, the classes and our amazing members. Um, we, Me and Sandy also have our own handles. I do online nutrition, Gaz Sydney, and Sandy does the PT and Sand Forward Fitness. And with the yoga side of things, I don't just supply yoga to our gym. I supply it to other gyms, sports clubs, CrossFit gyms, online coaches. So the yoga app is for anybody. So if you want to check that out, it's Gary, Gary Sydney Online Yoga. And I link up with PT. So I'm improving their service by they can have the app and supply it to their clients. Uh-huh. Okay. So people listening, connect with Gary, Sandy, and the Forward Fitness team on all of those platforms. Guys, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your, your willingness to share the behind the scenes look into how a business like this truly functions. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because ramping up this marketing, this business could look completely different here in the near future. And so um, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I really, really appreciate your time and I thank you today, sir. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us on, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in talking about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show today is Stephen from Five Ways Transformation Gym in Birmingham, UK. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. And yourself? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive into how you run the business, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Well, um, I've been in the industry for a while. I've been a personal trainer. Um, in a commercial gym um, for about seven years. But before that, I was a professional athlete. So um, I used to be a 100 meter sprinter. But when I retired as an athlete, I looked at that. Converting my experience, I gained from being a professional athlete into actually helping people to uh, um, stay fit, lose weight as well. So that's why I became a personal trainer sometime in 2013. From there on, um, I went on to get a degree, my first degree, I've got a first degree in sport management and I've also got um, a master's in sports coaching as well. But um, my passion is for personal training, actually to help people to, to teach them in terms of fitness. 
Awesome. I love that. Can you give us kind of like a rundown or an elevator pitch of Five Ways Transformation Gym? What do you guys do? The services that you offer? How do you describe it? Well, Five Ways is um, a personal training gym. Uh, we, also, we offer one-to-one. We also offer a small group training, but we are not like your standard commercial gym. Uh, when, like I said, I worked in a commercial gym for like six years, but I noticed in Birmingham there's a gap in the market. Um, there's no um, small gym that's catered for people. And because I was an athlete, I usually say that what, what is done in the commercial gym is kind of uh, generic. So I want to put my stamp in the fitness industry. So um, that's why I went ahead to kind of uh, open up um, this gym to actually help people and to train people properly rather than the generic thing you would get in a commercial gym. So that's why I opened up uh, Five Ways Transformation Gym to help people not only transform their body, also transform their mind. Because if you look at it from, a, from an athlete point of view, it takes um, about four years for an athlete to prepare for an Olympic. So I'm trying to change people's mindset in regards to training. So help them to kind of see things in a different way. That, that's why I went ahead to open up this place. Yeah, I love that. You kind of take like the athlete approach to all of your clients, even if they're general population, you know, everybody can, can train with goals in mind, like an athlete. So I love that you're doing that. Um, how many clients do you work with per week, like on average? On the average, um, I kick in about 40, 40 hours um, of PT. So we're looking at about 20 clients a week, 20 to 25 clients a week. Um, so that's what we do. And the, the rest of my PTs do the same thing as well. Gotcha. So you and two other trainers are each training about 20 to 25 clients per week. Is that correct? Yes, each between. Gotcha. So we got about 60 clients. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. Is 60 clients somewhere that you're you're happy staying around or are you really looking to grow and, and get more faces in the gym? Well, we're looking to grow because um, I'm looking in another three months, six months from now, um, I'm looking at expanding to create like a spin studio, then to expand it a little bit. Then we're going to bring in um, more trainers. Then I will withdraw as a, as a trainer. I will stand up more like an head coach. But I'm going to be doing about 20 hours of PT, but I want to help the, the upcoming trainers in terms of their business and the, and the coaching side of it. But until that, uh, at the moment, we're still going to keep it up at three or four because of the space we've got. Yeah, definitely. What, what's your, been your strategy so far to get clients in the door and how do you plan to add clients to your classes going forward? Yeah, basically, like I said, um, refer mostly because I've been around for a while. Um, the commercial gym I worked in is just uh, literally one minute away from me. So because I've been in the area, so I'm well known. So my old clients keep referring people to me. And the gym is also in a very strategic place. And um, with that, we've got people coming through the doors. So there's loads of uh, people coming through the doors and messages through um, Facebook and, uh, and Instagram as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that referrals are really great because people already come in trusting you and knowing that you're going to provide a great service. Um, but let's say like I just moved to the area and I'm looking for a new gym. How would I find out or know about Five Ways Transformation? Um, well, we do a, a little bit of a generic marketing. I would do paid ad as well. And we are also in the Google ranking. So if you, if you move into the area and you type in gyms near me, we will come up. 
we will come up as a private personal training gym uh, with our description. So that's where we get majority of our clients come through the door. So most of them are looking for one-to-one -one personal training. They are kind of a, a little bit intimidated. Would I say intimidated? or timid going into your standard commercial gym. So they prefer to come into our, our studio to come and train on a one-to-one -one and get this really bestowed one-to-one service. So that's where we are having the hedge over the standard commercial gym. Gotcha, yeah, I think a lot of people are, are intimidated by the huge gyms where you're on your own and you don't really know what to do. So I definitely agree with the appeal there for one-on-one -on -one or even small group. Um, so tell me a little bit more about the paid ads that you run where where did you pay for those were they on social media google um social media on google itself um mm -hmm. we also yeah we also have a, like a market for a market fitness marketing agent that we used in the past uh we're also looking at using them again in january what was your experience like with the marketing agency in the past? Did you feel like they were bringing in like quality leads that were turning into long-term clients? Were they bringing in a lot of leads? What was your experience? Well, yeah, with, with the fitness marketing agent that we use, they were bringing in loads of leads, but at some point they were more like um, cold leads. But we need to now do a lot of um, sales calls to convert those um, leads into clients which is quite good. So I am also looking at just utilizing them again. We've got their contacts. So when we open up the small group and we open up the, the Spain studio, we're looking to use that again to bring them in because the price point we are at that point, most of these leads could not afford them because we're a little bit pricey. So mm -hmm. they were, so it's just a little bit on the high side. So we're looking at bringing it down when we start our small group Again, our spend studio so we'll be able to accommodate this leads yeah is there a lot of competition in your area for spin classes no at the moment um it's the standard um spin you would get um from the standard commercial gym but what i'm trying to create is trying to create um a fully men's studio i've got a space that in my basement so that's what i'm trying to do i think uh, if i do that it's going to be the first of its kind in the area Awesome. So uh, I don't think I'm going to have loads of competition, except if someone else wants to open another one. Right. At the moment, there is no spin studio in the area. That's awesome. Yeah, you'll kind of be like the first one to break into that that client base. So I think ads will definitely be yeah. crucial then to kind of get the word out that, that you're there. So I think that's awesome. Um, tell me about like the client journey. So when somebody, you know, sees your ad, what's the process to get them to become a member or a client of yours? Well, what we do is we invite them in. We we basically don't work with everyone. So what we do is we invite them in for a 30 minutes. I don't call it uh, interview or consultation. I, I call it like a 30 minutes chat when we kind of psychoanalyze them and we know about their goal. We see if we can actually work together. So personality traits, I did a little bit of psychology in my master's. So I do most of the charts. I, I don't call it consultation. I do majority of it. I try, I tend to psychoanalyze the client to see if it's a client we can work with. If it's a client we can work with, again, we will take them through the process of signing them up and present them with the different packages we have. But pretty much, and um, that's what we usually do. We get our clients through the door. So because if we want to work with them, we need to know their personality traits because truly we're offering a bespoke one-to-one. So it's not everyone that we can actually work with. So we, we bring them in and uh, 
speak to them and they kind of see the place as well and they're kind of comfortable coming into the studio, coming into the gym and saying that truly it's what they've seen on the hard, that it's fully personalized, it's fully equipped, and they feel more confident even by the time we finish speaking to them, they are already sold due to the atmosphere of the gym. Yeah, I think that's super unique that you bring in that psychology side of it to really dig into like their motivators before you even sign them up for something. So I think that's super unique and something really cool that you do. Um, once you have a client that's signed up, how do you keep them long term? Well, we first in first, like I said to my PTs, um, refer. I've, I've had clients for like five years, six years. Okay, all my clients from the commercial gym came down with me, so there must be something I am doing. So I'm transferring this to my. Um, PTs and make them understand that um, you need first and first first impression count. You need to offer a very good service. You need to make sure they get their results. So the most important thing is we are results oriented. Okay, so we basically get them what they want. Like I said, the psychologic part of it as well will break those barriers that is actually keeping them from achieving their result. Most of them are not physical. Most of them are, are in the mind. So once we're able to break those barriers, we tend to see that they last a little bit longer. I've been, I've been here for like two years and majority of the clients that walked through the door have actually stayed for these two years as well. So because we first of all break down their psychological barrier before we go into their physical aspect. So that is helping us to retain most, most of our clients. Yeah, I think that's super important, kind of cultivating your trainers so that, you know, how you train can be replicated no matter which trainer they're with. How do you train your, your trainers to, like, buy into what you believe and, and to get them to be on the same page as you? Well, um, I think uh, you need to practice what you preach. Um, I, I, I've been a trainer for, like, 10 years, and they still see me train my clients. They see how I speak to my clients. Let's see how I analyze my client. So I have a weekly meeting with them and I have a monthly review with them, teaching them a few tricks and a few personal things that they have to do with their clients in terms of retention. So it's an ongoing process. And I'm also looking at actually helping them to personally and career develop themselves. So this is all helping them as well to grow as trainers as well as better trainers. Definitely. I love that you're investing in each of your trainers to make them as good as possible as much as you would invest in a client. So I think that's super important um, and a great takeaway for the listeners to, um, to really invest in their staff and their success as well, as much as your own. Um, so big picture goal, you'd like to have more members, add a spin class, and then add some more staff um, to run those classes. What's your plan now, short term, um, to be able to get there to the point where you have the spin up and running, some more clients, more trainers? Well, we've started working on the spin studio. That's a short, um, short-term goal. But um, basically writing things down, making sure every, every model it is to actually get to this point is on point. So mm-hmm. I've been writing things down. I've been doing a lot of research at the moment to make sure that, you know, well, once we open the studio, we'll be able to break into the market. I've been doing a lot of market research as well in terms of what kind of advert um, I'm going to use, how I'm going to launch it. So that is where I am at the moment. Yeah, totally. Okay, so that's like six months from now. Where do you see the business like three to five years from now? Well, um, 
five years from now, I'm going to be honest, I'm looking at basically five years from now, I should be looking at, looking at doing more like a franchise. Um, in another year or two years from now, I'm looking at opening another one in another part of Birmingham. But five years from now, it should be like all over the place and looking at franchising the model as well. So this is a pilot one. So we everything falls on this one. So once this one runs, um, in, in 12 months from now, we're looking at opening another one, which can be run itself. So that's, that's the whole plan. How are you gonna be able to step back and let the gyms run itself? Like what sort of systems and processes are you putting in place now to get the gym to a point where it doesn't need you you know, in it so much every single day? Well, once we bring in these um, classes, so we know that this class will be run at a particular time. So how we'll be able to withdraw and stand as a consultant, mm -hmm. then basically just open the PTs that I bring in. So the gym can just run itself without me being there. So I with the classes and the and PTs, and I'm looking to actually get a gym manager. So I would just stand out and allow the gym to run itself. Yeah, definitely. I think that's super important, getting people on your team that believe in your vision and want to work hard. Um, that way you can put your focus on more big picture things like those franchises or opening another business um, in the same area. But okay, before we close out this episode, um, tell the listener something that you wish you would have known before you opened the gym. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone out there who's looking to open their own gym? Soon? Okay, my biggest piece of advice there was uh, when, I, when, when I first opened the gym, I thought I was going to basically be making the money the next day. Um, I think first thing first, they need to do their research. Um, they need to dive into the kind of, they actually need to know the kind of gym they want to open. Okay, it's absolutely important. And they also need to know their numbers. I mean, when I mean from everything, from toiletries to pen to the biggest way they need to know their numbers is absolutely important if they don't know their numbers um they're gonna crash yeah uh, i'm curious how do you stay organized keep track of your numbers your clients your schedule what's your biggest organization tip well it's most important thing is time management uh, um uh, one other thing as well time management for them they should find a way to manage their time very well and they should get to a point whereby they should also delegate it's also important, or if not, they're just going to burn out. Yes, definitely. Yeah. How do you prevent burnout? Like, how do you take a step back and and are able to manage your time well enough so that you have time for yourself and time for the business? Well, um, from the beginning of the book, I told you I tried to do about 40 hours of PT, and I limit it to that regardless of how much request I've got. I limit it to about 35 to 40 hours a week. Um, that's all I do. And I've got a flexibility of actually dividing my days into two. So like in the morning, I do about four hours of PT. So from about seven o'clock till about midday, and that's me done. Um, I've, then I do the admin work during those times. And uh, I've got family, I just go rest a little bit, then come back in the evening and do another three to four hours, depending on the day. So I split my days into two, which is absolutely important. And that's one of the luxuries of actually owning a place, not me working for someone else. So I have the luxuries of actually splitting my, my time into two. So I 
at this stage of my career, I I don't just um, exchange time for money. I place my declines in a convenient place where I could I can actually manage my time. So if they cannot fall into those times, these two slots, then unfortunately I would not be able to help them. Okay. So I I split them. So I don't put so much pressure on myself. Yeah, I think that's that's super important and a good takeaway for the listeners. Like you have to set boundaries um, and your time and mental health is just as important as your clients. Um, And you can't be a great coach if you're burnt out. (laughs) So totally agree there. Um, Well, Stephen, thank you so much for everything you've shared today. Before we um, wrap things up, tell us where can we find you? What's your social media and what's your website? Um, Our social media is fivewaysgym underscore Birmingham. Um, our web- website is still as broken down is still under construction but if you go on instagram you can find us under five ways gym underscore birmingham perfect five ways gym underscore birmingham on instagram everyone go check them out steven thank you so much for coming on the podcast today we can't thank wait you. to see everything that you accomplish going forward um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.